Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Moneymaker, the podcast that gives you the tools to enrich your life in every sense of the word. I'm your host, Nelly Galan. Let's get started. I'm so excited that you're all going to meet Gloria Stefan this week and that I just did an incredible interview with her. But I think it's important that before you meet her, you find out how I met her. When I was 17 years old, many of you know that I left home and I moved to Texas to join the cast or whatever, the crew of the teenage version of 60 Minutes, which was called Checking It Out. And it was um, a Saturday morning PBS show for teenagers that mimicked 60 Minutes, the TV show that's been on the air for 50 years. And one of the first things I was sent to do, like I was kind of a novice, and I was sent to Miami to do a bunch of stories in Miami. And one of the stories that came up was find a couple that live a double life. In today's world, you would say people that have a job and then have a side hustle. We were doing a whole thing on young entrepreneurs. And uh, I found Gloria and Emilio Estefan before they were anybody. They were older than me. So I was a teenager and they were in their mid-20s. And I think Emilio was in his late 20s. Emilio was an executive at Bacardi Rum. And Gloria had just finished college and she had just had her first baby, Nayib. And she had studied psychology. And the two of them had started this band on the side and they were doing weddings and bar mitzvahs. And it was like, they were like the cool young couple in Miami and their music was just so kind of, you know, like Cuban music. And it was the first time that, you know, they were having like Cuban music and bar mitzvahs. So it was kind of like really cool. And they were chosen out of many couples that we could have chosen And I spent a week with them, interviewing them, following them around and getting to know them. And I have to tell you that I knew in that moment, I didn't think they would become mega stars and do the Super Bowl and be Grammy Award winners and that Gloria would be, you know, the first Latina to ever be in the Songwriter Hall of Fame and that they would win mega Grammys. I'm not saying just Grammys, mega Grammys. And that for Latinos, they would become the iconic family that they've become. Um, But I did think that they, like, had it. And the reason I thought they had it is because they were so humble. They had a job, like a day job. They worked really hard at their day job. They were so humble and always living beneath their means. And, And... Gloria, both of them, but Gloria specifically is a songwriter and she's a singer. And Emilio was the one that was producing everything. And they were both madly in love and they really wanted to be singers and like have, you know, they had a band called Miami Sound Machine, but they were so humble and like, we still have to have our day job. We still have to make money. We still have to like live beneath our means. And then they were like putting whatever extra money they had into their record 
or into, and like, believe me, they had a big obstacle to climb. At that time, everybody that they talked to, like, yeah, in Miami, they were like the thing, but every record company was like, no, no, no. And, uh, you know, they had to basically make their first hit themselves. So in today's world, you know, I guess you would have put it on YouTube and then you would have been discovered. But back then you had to go station by station and convince people. And Emilio did all that. And all that whole story is told in the incredible Broadway show about their, about their life, which I've seen like five times. It's very inspirational. Um, so they had to do all that. They did it. And then, you know, over many, many, many years, it took them like another 10 or 12 years. Like nobody in the world knew who they were, but like all the Cubans in Miami knew who they were. And I kept watching them. And I really like, there is a little part of me that over the years, I was like, I was a little jealous because I thought they have like this beautiful marriage and they had two kids and they were together and, you know, they're a little older than me. So they were even more immigrant in a way than me in that they came to America when they were a little bit older than me. So they really were into their roots of like not being grandiose, really, you know, even more than me, you know, I'm, and I'm down there with, you know, the groundedness of groundedness. And I just thought, like, why can't I have a life like that? And I remember thinking, I have to turn that negative energy of ever being jealous of anybody. Instead, let me make them my mentors. They may not know they're my mentors, but I'm going to follow their lead. Just like I've told you in other podcasts that I follow people instead of jobs. Well, I also follow people Sometimes and, and sometimes I've had bosses that have taught me what to do, and sometimes bosses have told, taught me what not to do. So they've been my mentor in both directions. These people taught me how I could be Cuban, proud of being Cuban, never selling out my Latino-ness, and yet being fully American, fully not marginalized in my own community. The more I saw them grow and the more I saw them be so always coming back to their roots, always doing an album in Spanish, always being big, always knowing that you have that culture to go back on. You'll always be famous in that culture. You'll always make money in that culture. But then they also went forward and became big in the African-American market, in the mainstream market, and have like, I mean, when you meet Gloria Stefan, I mean, she's so humble, you're not going to believe it, but she's really done like, Everything you could possibly do. She's one of the three top Latin singers of all time. She's checked every box. And then guess what happened? They decided to diversify. Once they started making money, they, start, they decided we're going to buy real estate. Everything I tell you, don't buy shoes, buy, buy buildings. Where have I learned all this? I've learned it from my eight billionaires I've worked for. And I've learned it from my number one role models that come from my culture, that come from my city, that come from my country, that are just like that, that their parents and, 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 uh, and me and them, are, we're all the same. So I follow their lead. They bought a lot of real estate. And not only did they buy a lot of real estate, they bought hotels. They bought restaurants. They've branded two different restaurant brands. They're in Disneyland. They're in Universal Studios. They're in South Beach, Miami. 
They're in the airport. When I land in the airport in Miami, I have my little Cuban coffee by Estefan Kitchen. So they have crushed it, okay? And so I follow their lead. And then I think that when, and I'll, I'll say this to Gloria in the interview, I think that when you see Emilio, Emilio is such a, first of all, he's the most loving person. And hes they're both so positive. Like, they never see anything bad in the world. And let me tell you something. They've gone through a lot. It's not like their lives have been la, 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 la. You may, many of you may remember, and some of you may be too young to remember, that at the top of their career, they had a horrible bus accident on tour. And Gloria broke her back. And they thought she was never going to walk again. And they finally did this intense surgery on her. And they had to put these rods in her back. And she had to come back from hell because she couldn't walk. And it took her like two years to walk again. And even before that, when when Gloria was a little girl, her dad was a political prisoner in Cuba. So like a lot of what we're watching in Israel and what we've watched with bringing back um, people that have been kidnapped, those kind of things happened in Cuba. Her father was a political prisoner for speaking up and he was... You know, he had gone through a lot and then he came here, went to Vietnam. I mean, the guy went through hell. So she grew up with a lot of issues and later on they had tragic things happen and yet they're always positive and they're always like, let's, you know, we're here. We're in America. We love being here. Isn't it great? Let's make more money. Let's do it. Let's, let's have our business and let's do our music. And what I love about them the most, and you guys will get to know them, and you'll get to know Gloria because I think everybody thinks Emilio is the only business guy because we think of her as the artist and him as the business guy. But you're going to find out that she's a rocking businesswoman and that she watches every penny. She is like the biggest CEO behind the scenes. And you're also going to see that the music business is no different than running a little store, than any other business that you could have that you think is more humble is the same thing as running a music business. You have to know the front of the house, which is being an artist and being, you know, forward facing. But that also comes with some not so great things. Like you'll see Gloria's very introverted and she's had to learn to go and stand up and, 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 and they are so lovely with their fans because they know that when you have that kind of business, it's like having a restaurant. When people walk into your restaurant, you have to be nice. If you're a celebrity, if you're a star, you have to be nice to everybody. So, They've learned how to, she's learned how to, because he's an extrovert, but she's learned how to be an extrovert when she has to be. But also she knows just as much, and it's that's what's going to surprise you, about the back of the house. The reason that most, when you see artists, a lot of artists, whether it's athletes, artists, singers, actors, and you see them later in life, and I can tell you this being a TV producer, because I've produced a lot of shows with people that used to be very famous and they lost everything. And not that many people get to the end of their life and are solid. And I've told you that about myself, that I sacrificed for so many years so that now I wanna go, you know, I'm gonna do a trip around the world soon with my son and I can do that because I saved the money. And with Gloria and Emilio Stefan, so many artists, by the time they get to this part of life, they, can, they kind of have to hustle because they don't have any more money. These guys have done so well with their mission, which is music, 
and their money, which is there was kind of like the investments and all the other businesses that they did. That now, you know, they're both, I, Gloria's in her 60s and Emilio's 70. And I just went to his party, 70th birthday party. And they are doing more creative things than ever because they can. When you have your own money at the end, you can play. She's, you know, they did this incredible Broadway show. Now she's she's writing another Broadway show. She's acted in movies for fun because she likes it. She did the red, the the red table. You know, Jada Pinkett and and the, that family did it, and then Gloria Stefan and her family, her daughter. She's spending so much time helping her daughter and her grandson launch their careers as musicians and singers. But they can do that because they took care of business. So I'm very excited to bring you Gloria Stefan, not Gloria Stefan, the singer, because everybody else has asked her all those questions. Not Gloria Stefan, the artist, even though I'm sure she'll talk a little bit about that because that's her passion. I want you to meet Gloria Stefan, the CEO and the co-CEO with her husband. And they're a great team of a Stefan Enterprises. And you're going to see, I hope you're going to see like I see and why I feel like they're my mentors, that everything they do is an incredible example for us of how we have to learn to do everything I say in my book. And maybe, you know, now that I think about it, maybe it's, you know, inadvertently, I, I was writing the Cuban playbook. Maybe all our parents raised us this way because they were so afraid to lose everything. But it is that mission and money and money comes first. You got to make money. You got to then take that money and invest it, save it and then invest it. And then you, then you get to do what you love, your passion, your mission, the rest of your life, because you took care of business. And also, as I tell my son every day, you have to love and learn to love the back of the house, the legal the accounting, the uncomfortableness of deal-making, the uncomfortableness of conflict. People in business have conflicts and you can't just leave it to other people to do and not pay attention. That's how you lose your shirt. You have to fall in love because that is as much a part of your art than the art itself. So I can't wait to, wait for you to meet the person I am the number one fan of that I've known since I'm 17 years old. So I really know the whole story. They are, she is for real. And she is my greatest role model. I should be so lucky to enter as I get older to have the grace of Gloria and Emilio Stefan. Moneymaker is a production of Money News Network. Moneymaker is written and hosted by me, Nelly Galan. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Thanks for listening. See you next time.